0: Today on Recur Now, we're yet again diving deep into your subscription headlines. And I go behind the book with Peter Thiel's Zero to One in this week's ProfitWell Book Club. From ProfitWell's Boston HQ, it is Wednesday, September 18th.
1: I'm Abby Sullivan. And I'm Grace Gagnon. It's a beautiful day to subscribe. NBC Universal dropped details on its new streaming service, WeWorks IPO. When is it happening? A new subservice brings Italy to your doorstep, and it's been a brutal year for GameStop. We're diving deep on how its new executive team plans to recover. We're breaking down today's top subscription news. NBC Universal introduces us to Peacock, its new streaming service, and yes, the name is a play on the company logo. According to TechCrunch, Peacock will offer more than 15,000 hours of content, including TV, film, and originals. Peacock will host fan favorites like The Office and Parks and Recreation, as well as some originals such as a Battlestar Galactica reboot. And WeWorks on again, off again IPO is delayed again. CNBC reported WeWorks parent company We Company is delaying the initial public offering, but no plans have been set on how long the delay will be. However, an undisclosed source told Reuters that We Company is considering a delay until October because of concerns that its stock market debut would be snubbed by investors. This saga may go on until the new year. We Company said in a statement it expects the IPO to be completed by 2020. In other news, what would you say if I told you you could now subscribe to receive ravioli? Say, holy moly, give me the ravioli because Borgatti's Ravioli and Egg Noodles is now offering a subscription ravioli service. Even though Borgatti's is Bronx-based, it ships all over the country. So you might just be tricks away from homemade pasta. Yum. With more than 5,700 stores worldwide, GameStop is the largest video game retailer. Regardless, it's taken a few hits this year. We're diving deep on GameStop's future with some insight from our very own Devin Bhatia. GameStop stock price took a major blow this year. Despite this, it welcomed two new members to the team, CEO George Sherman and CFO James Bell. As detailed in a Business Insider report, the two have a plan to save GameStop. The gradual decline in GameStop stock represents millions of dollars in lost value. This trend feels familiar. I'm thinking of Blockbuster. Even though picking out a Blockbuster movie, maybe some candy was quite the novelty, it couldn't compete with the convenience of the cloud. Analysts say the future of gaming also lives in the cloud, PlayStation Now, Google Stadia, and soon Apple Arcade. However, GameStop's new CEO has his own idea in saving GameStop, employing radical transparency as a means of improving analyst sentiment. In his words, deliver on our promises. When we say we're going to do something, go do it. We are very clear by saying that our story is not a sales story for the next four quarters or so. One of ProfitWell's pricing strategists, Devin Batia, used to work at Blockbuster back in the day. He shared some of his opinions on GameStop's future. Devin?
2: So first of all, rest in peace to Blockbuster Video. A special time in my life, but the writing was on the wall. There was a disrupting technology that came through, and ultimately, they went away. So you got to give credit here to uh, the new CEO of GameStop, George Sherman. I think to be a CEO, you have to be a little bit delusional. You have to have a vision, and this guy certainly has one. However, it is bleak times for GameStop. And I think it's pretty clear we've seen the stock go down from $16 at the beginning of the year to $4 now. I don't see a turnaround, and it's pretty clear he doesn't either. My opinion is GameStop needs to completely redesign their whole business model. They need to go strictly digital only. And I think that their retail stores, they can shut down maybe half of them or so. And they really need to become a place for kids to go and play video games in and actually build their community within the stores. So imagine going to a mall and rather than just going in and out of a GameStop in about 30 seconds, buying your game and leaving, spending time there playing with other kids you may be playing and actually have it be way more interactive. I could see that being a good turnaround story for them. But again, like the CEO saying, it's going to be years from now. And you know what? Best of luck to them. Otherwise, they're going to be eaten up and swallowed.
1: Some interesting food for thought there. Thank you, Devin. And that's a wrap on your subscription news for September 18th. We'll have more recurring revenue news for you here tomorrow. Now, a teaser for ninja Price.
0: Name Your Price is a game in which players are prompted with questions of monetary
2: value. I'm going to go half a million.
0: $100. <laughs>
2: 300 bucks a month. $100,000.
0: $5,000. <laughs> I'm saying five hundred dollars Tomorrow, we're asking our team, how much would I have to pay you to move cross-country for five years? Find this and more like it on RecurNow.com. I reinvent the wheel when you can invent something just as innovative, but entirely new? The greatest leaders are those that have learned to think for themselves, those who've invented revolutionary solutions to our biggest problems, not those who've perfected solutions that have already been created. On today's ProfitWell Book Club, I dive deep into Zero to One, written by entrepreneur and investor Peter Thiel, who claims we live in an age of technological stagnation. And although IT has improved rapidly, there's no reason why progress should be limited to computers or Silicon Valley. zero to one at its core reinforces the idea that doing what someone else already knows how to do takes the world from one to n adding more of something familiar while doing something new takes the world from zero to one in it teal drives home five key points point number one you can shape the future by uniquely viewing your present. Your progress in the present is what truly defines your future. What does this mean? There's horizontal thinking and there's vertical thinking. Horizontal comes from expanding existing ideas, while vertical means creating something new. Thiel argues that the ability to think vertically is necessary in shaping a brighter future. Point number two. Monopolies are good for both business and society. The word monopoly gets a bad rap, but monopolies actually drive innovation. They thrive because of technological advantages, network effects, economies of scale, and solid branding. Point number three. The most successful companies find the secrets to success that can't be replicated. Don't get caught up in the mindset that there are no new ideas to be had. There is always opportunity for vertical progress. To achieve it, you need to pinpoint the secrets in society that may be so embedded they're difficult to withdraw. The things that are important, but which most people don't know about or agree with. Point number four. Successful startups are built on a solid team foundation. Booming startups start with a killer team. Teal knows you need the right people, the right culture, and balanced owner interests. Laying this foundation will help you survive in the long term. Point number five. There are seven critical questions every business must answer. Teal claims there are seven questions every company must answer in order to analyze and understand their market opportunity. He nods to the clean tech boom that spanned 2005 to 2009, where an investment bubble was at its height in Silicon Valley and thousands of companies were started in the industry. But so many failed because they didn't consider the market and the company itself. To hear each one of these questions, listen on to the extended version. So do you need to read zero to one? Teal's take on building a better future can sufficiently be summarized in 10 minutes or less. I wouldn't run out and buy the book just yet. I don't necessarily agree with his sentiments in their entirety. But first, listen on if you're interested in a more in-depth rundown of each of these above points. If you feel like you're set, skip ahead. But if you want to dig deeper with us, keep listening. We digested zero to one from cover to cover, so you don't have to. Remember, we have five main points here, so let's dig a bit deeper into each one and see what we can unpack from Teal's take. Point number one, you can shape the future by uniquely viewing your present. Again, there's horizontal thinking and there's vertical thinking. Horizontal comes from expanding existing ideas, while vertical means creating something new. Thiel argues that the ability to think vertically is necessary in shaping a brighter future. Vertical progress is more challenging to predict because you're conjuring something up that does not yet exist. To do so successfully, Thiel says you must view the present critically. In interviews, he says he's sure to ask, what important truth do very few people agree with you on? To see how candidates can think outside established conventions. He encourages us to be the architect of our own future arguing that far too many people think about the future indefinitely, trying to prepare for all possible events. But he says success is the product of focus, dedication, and determination, and we should focus on creating a future that's best for us. Startups only have the best future and will only be successful under very specific conditions. There's only one best market, one best time to launch, etc. When choosing your future, it's critical to look beyond established conventions in your present. Point number two. Monopolies are good for both business and society. Like I said, the word monopoly gets a bad rap. Conventional wisdom holds that competition is the ideal economic stimulus, encouraging companies to improve one another's products. But monopolies actually drive innovation and societal progress. They thrive because of four main reasons. One, technological advantages. Simply put, the proprietary technology works better than anyone else's. Two, network effects. The more people using the product, the more useful it becomes. Think Facebook's network, for example. Three, economies of scale. When Producing something on a large scale, there are major cost savings. Four, solid branding. A solid brand awareness and presence can eventually speak for itself. Think Apple, Google, Uber. Point number three. The most successful companies find the secrets to success that cannot be replicated. There is always opportunity for vertical progress. To achieve it, you need to pinpoint the secrets in society that may be so embedded they're difficult to withdraw. The things that are important, but which most people don't know about or agree with. Consider slavery, for example, which not long ago was considered a societal norm. The fact that it was wrong was a secret. You must find and chase these secrets, Thiel argues, to avoid merely making horizontal progress. He also drives home the fact that building a company is not an overnight success story. It takes years of sweat and tears, especially true when it comes to profits. Many startups aren't profitable off the bat, and you need to stick it out and keep in mind the end goal in order to become profitable, starting small and expanding as you see fit. A secret Thiel himself witnessed with the growth of PayPal. When he calculated the value of the product back in 2001, he found most of the profit was expected to come in a decade later, which may have seemed terrifying at the time, but just look at them now. Point number four. Successful startups are built on a solid team foundation. We can attest, booming businesses begin with a killer team. Teal knows you need the right people, the right culture, and balanced owner interests to succeed. Before making an investment in a company, Teal says he analyzes the skills and vision of the people involved, as well as their personal connections, because he's seen firsthand what poor ties can do to a team. Before co-founding PayPal, Teal had invested in a company that his co-founder had started with someone he barely knew, and apparently their personal differences eventually took the venture down. He claims that the interests of the company owners should be balanced and that laying this foundation first and foremost will help you survive in the long term. He reminds us that teams are also crucial to the distribution of your product and innovative products are worthless unless they're sold. Point number five there are seven critical questions every business must answer. Teal claims there are seven critical questions every company must answer in order to analyze and understand their market opportunity. One, the engineering question. Can you create breakthrough technology instead of incremental improvements? Two, the timing question. Is now the right time to start your particular business? Three, the monopoly question. Are you starting with a big share of a small market? Four, the people question. Do you have the right team? Five, the distribution question. Do you have a way to not just create, but deliver your product? Six, the durability question. Will your market position be defensible 10 and 20 years into the future? Seven, the secret question. Have you identified a unique opportunity that others don't see? When you have solid answers to these seven, Teal says to forge ahead. Teal wraps with a highlight that founders tend to be oddballs, but their vision is what matters at the core. Again, this info is likely all you really need from Teal's view on building a better future and your own startup. But if you're still left intrigued, by a copy and read on. We'd love to Hear your take. Hang out with us next week, and if you have a book you want us to break down, send it over to abby at recurnow.com or tag us on social with hashtag recurnow and we will get it on the list. And there you have it, your September 18th episode of Recur Now. Check back here tomorrow where we do it all again. And if you know anyone who'd want on the list to receive daily episodes, send them to recurnow.com.